Happy New Year. New Year, new me. Yeah, buddy. Everyone's been talking about how this is a decade, a new decade, but then everyone else is trying to like say, like, no, it's actually not. How is it not a new decade? Well, technically, 2021 is the start of the new decade. Mm. They're saying, you know... Sounds like semantics to me. That really, it's only been nine years. When I look back at the 20s, which is what these will be called, (laughs) which is weird. Totally. uh, I'm going to think But you're not going to call it the 10s before that. No, but... Well, the originals was the 2000s. The teens. It's the the teens. teens. Okay. But when I say the 20s, this year will be included in the 20s. Uh, No, it's totally true. It's... The reality of what people actually are thinking or, you know, using it as, but technically we're being told that it's not appropriate. I don't know where you're getting your news, Larry, but this is. I mean, some of it makes sense. A decade means 10 years. Yeah. So we've had nine full years. You've upset me now before the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, happy new year and welcome to this end of the decade, new decade thing. Whichever you associate with, we're just glad you're here. 2020. We're going to get focused. (laughs) Every church series this year. Yeah, exactly. 2020. Life in focus. The focus. What's your focus focus this year? Well, hey, welcome back. We had a, a great little break for Christmas. Yeah, we did. And, um... We, um, yeah, Christmas was fun. We yeah. We had some fun Christmas services. We did a ton of them. Yeah. We and did then, 11, uh, right? Yeah. And then, John, you got to share uh, the uh, last message of the decade. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how you look at it, maybe maybe that's why they're saying it. They're like, ugh, we don't want that to be the last message of the decade. <laughs> we need, to, we need have a redemption. bit more of a heads up. <laughs> we need a little bit more of a runway. Yeah, that was a fun, fun Sunday. Yeah. So we got to do that. And then we said um, that we would come back and join the, uh, the podcasting even, realm. Even more fun than that. I got to do my first baby dedications. That was legit. That was nuts. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you didn't even hold a baby. What's wrong with I you? I was sick. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I was really sick. But I didn't want to tell anybody uh, on stage, like, I'm not holding your kid because I'm sick. Because then they're like, oh, we don't want to get close to you either. And then it would look weird on the stage. I was like starting a very bad sickness that oh, Sunday morning. That's yeah. awful. Yeah, it was really bad. We flew to Arizona for New Year's, and I woke up early to do church all day, and then we left. I got home, we left straight and went to the airport, and that was Shep's first time flying. And I looked at Caitlin, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I really hope he does well, but I can't stay conscious right now. I'm about to pass <laughs> out. And uh, I You're think, a flight sleeper, huh? No, I never sleep on a plane, but I was that sick that I couldn't. I oh. was going to die. Bad deal. That's all right. It's a good time to get sick when you don't have to do anything. Fair we just enough. locked up in a cabin. That's great. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, man. <laughs> but anyway, that was... <laughs> it was weird doing baby dedications. Baby dedications are awesome. They're cute, for sure. Yeah. Um. So we got to do that. And then we, uh, like we mentioned, we're going to be jumping in this new series. And this is the way we're going to kick off our new year. Mm-hmm. Just a year ago, we were podcasting our series, Kill the Spider. Oh, that was a good time. That was. Yeah. So if like any of you are new with us, you can go back and listen to any of the podcasts we've done. What we do, if you're new and we've been talking about this. Fun fact about that series, though. Yeah. That has the most listens of any podcast episodes that we've done. Kill the Spider does. A really? few episodes in there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. It was good. Well, the topics were great. Yeah. To People really about. wanted to know about it. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we'll get into some of the same stuff here. But so those of you who are new, I know that we've been mentioning and we're going to continue to mention this on Sundays because we're kind of really walking up to um, a live, a live 
taping, not a live podcast. Yeah. A live taping of a podcast. Yeah, I mean, it is a live podcast. Well, but it's not going to be out live on air right then. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Not like on television. Yeah, so we're going to do a live recording. We should look into that. Go on CBS. Mm -mm. No. So we're going to do a live recording February 9th uh, after church service up on the stage. We might have a friend or two with us. Yeah. And then um, what we're going to be doing is taking questions that we didn't get to um, from our Instagram. So if you want to give us questions on Instagram, you can go to our Instagram stories mm-hmm. uh, and ask questions there about any of the series about what happens after you die or things that have to do with heaven. Or, or you hell could just or... submit it in a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Fair enough. Because it might not always be available. I don't want you to get discouraged if you're like, where do I submit this on the story? Okay. Uh, just send us a message or an email like the way you guys do. But if you do see it on the story, yeah, we'll try to keep them up there so people can see them as well. And I already had some people asking the day of... How do we interact with questions when we're doing our live recording? And uh, I think that we're going to take uh, cards. Like uh, I imagine we'd have a microphone. No, I don't. You don't want to do that? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I thought we'd have like two microphone stands and have people form lines. <laughs> no, because they won't, one. And two, if it's on a card, then we can look over and see what like common ones there are or... Let's be honest. We want to be somewhat prepared, too. Terry C. from Benicia writes. <laughs> uh, no, it'd be good, because then everyone will get to watch how we do these weekend reviews. And, you know, because there's, you know, there's some interest out there about, you know, what what this is like. What this, what lo- this looks like? Yeah. People want to know what you look like, Larry. <laughs> they want to know what, you're, what you look like. I know. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of questions. Man, we would love to see your faces. We, we hear your voices, and we just we imagine what you look like. So we would love to see your faces back. So that's why we're doing this. <laughs> the gloss looks. A lot of you guys listen to this while you're like cleaning or doing housework, from what I understand. This is going to be weird for you to just sit and listen to us. <laughs> you're not going to be distracted by traffic this time. Yeah. Um, so... If you are new with us in this new year and you've been invited because we're unpacking the weekend with a little bit more depth because, you know, we've talked about this many times, 25 minutes, there's a lot more that goes into those 25 minutes Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more that can be unpacked and discussed. Um, And so we have some personal conversation about some of that or just what we've, the work and study that we've done. Um, It usually starts off with a little bit of uh, just a chit chat like this between yeah. John and I, and then we kind of dive in shooting the breeze. Yeah. And uh, get into it. So what do you say, buddy? <laughs> let's, let's jump on in. I'm in, man, let's this year, I felt like the way that we just kicked that off, I should do more intro music right there. Like, and let's jump in now. And then do, do, you, do, you do, have do, threatened a sound machine. I know one of these days I'm going to bring in like sound effects. So uh, we are kicking this year off with what happens when you die. Um, and like we talked about this weekend, I, really the, the idea, the premise, I, I'm, I'm excited about this because I was even just talking with a friend um, yesterday and just reminded me of like, yeah, like I'm seeing a lot of churches like just all over the place that are doing the typical like here's good self-help and you know, new year, new you, and here's, you know, like that, that kind of life application, which is all great. That's what we do all the time. Mm-hmm. But not many people are like, hey, new year, let's talk about some of like the deeper yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things that we think about or our friends are talking about. Yeah. And so um, that was what was uh, great about the Google 
that I talked about for a minute. Yeah. And I remember you specifically loved that because you said it was the easiest graphic you've ever made. <laughs> it really was the easiest graphic. I just screenshotted my computer and the graphic was dumb. I, when I sent the poster off to the guy who prints them, he said, um, do you, do you want to do anything about the white area? I was like, no, no, that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> I tell you why I'm, why I'm excited about this series. Uh, I remember it was probably about five years ago. Um, I would say without going into detail, cause we're going to go into that in the next five weeks as we unpack this series about heaven and hell. When I had my understanding drastically shifted about heaven and the kingdom of God and earth. I'll never forget. It was, it was a lot of the work around an author, Randy Alcorn, who had written a, a book on heaven and the artist, Phil Wickham. We do a lot of his worship stuff. He had been doing some talks and a lot of his songs were written about heaven. This is like five, six years ago. So I started exploring it more and it was so drastically different than what I was uh, led to believe growing up. Not that I was taught the wrong thing, but just, sure, just the tradition, like tradition. it's what rubbed off on yeah. you. And the understanding shifting all of that stuff that happened five, six years ago impacted my life in such a huge way that it, it literally did shift everything in my life. Like not just ministry wise, but the way that I understood how God interacts with me, the way that I interact with him, the way that I live my days, all of this stuff shifted so drastically by my understanding of heaven about five or six years ago. And then in the last year, before we even decided we were going to do this, my understanding of hell started shifting. I started reading and listening to some podcasts along the same lines. What I was led to believe about this is probably not what it actually is. So I'm excited as a church that we're going to get to go through this because it, it really is the implications and the effect that this has on every single decision that you make is huge. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be powerful for us as we start off a new decade, however you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, to say kind of on that line, some of the things that are you know, game changers or just really like something to chew on, which real quickly, th this whole conversation should be a conversation that has a lot more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have some scriptural stuff. We have some, you know, some stuff that we'll share about that and what the word says, because that really is the most important thing rather than just opinion. But watching like what you just said, watching how you shifted and you were open to understanding and like, Hey, maybe I don't have it all right. Or why do I believe what I believe? That's really important. And I think that this is going to even deeper our faith and yeah. teach us how to like dig in and ask, not just be upset. Cause they're like, that's not, I don't agree with that. Or that's not how I really think it is. And you have this weird viewpoint, but trying to figure out like, what is that rooted in and actually yeah testing and I mentioned that right in the beginning, testing our belief system and testing your belief system, really testing anything or giving it a go is refining. It's how you grow. It's, yeah. you know, it's like exercising. And right? as we go into it, I mean, opening up your mind, I, I was reading this over the last week in this book that I'm reading about uh, opening up the frames that we view everything. We want to put everything in a box that helps us as humans understand things. Like that's it's not comfortable. just, it's comfortable. That's yeah. everything in yeah. the world. Um, and it's just talking about we are trying so hard to get to a point where we say all I know is all there is. But it's that that's everything that we believe about the core of our faith is paradoxical. The virgin birth, resurrection from the dead, that there is a God. All of it does not make sense. But then we have these other views and we want to put them in, in this framework like heaven and hell. We want to understand it so we can put it away and we never have to think about it again. 
but understand it. We need to shift to all I know is not all there is. Even as we give our, we should have more questions because as we talk about each one of these things for one week, heaven gets two. So that's a little bit better. Yeah. As we talk about these things, that's not all there is. There's way more that even you don't understand. I don't understand. Right. Whoever else we have. That was some of the this. funny conversation was like, you're going to talk about this for six weeks. It's like, yeah, I mean, we could, we could talk about this for a We longer, should talk about it for long. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, you go like, oh my gosh, it's kind of uncomfortable. I mean, that's a long time to have a talk about this. Yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, the things that we could unpack or understand are the way that we could grow. And another really th- big thing that I don't want to roll over, and again, mentioned it this last weekend, but really want to sit on it, is there really is this big you know, thought of like, you got to leave your brain at the door if you're going to yeah. be a Christian. Like that, that this isn't something that makes sense or that smart people can understand and you know the the crash between science and theology and um it's just not true yeah and so don't be um underwhelmed and not dig in to see what kind of work and also don't be overwhelmed of like hey we're using you know a vernacular or these words we're going to try to do our best to teach you what some of these words mean or you know uh the the different theological types of totally. words and what that means. So that way you can be educated and not feel like, yeah, I can't even, I can't and even along this. with what you talked about this week. I mean, the whole point of this getting our, our, our first framework, right. That God wants to be with us. This is the only thing in the world, uh, understanding God that you literally cannot do based off of your own amount of hard work. Like you're not going to study enough to get this stuff. Even Jesus himself said, uh, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who he's going to leave. He's the one who's going to guide you into all truth. So even as you, if you really have a hunger to learn these things, which we hope you do, like you want to understand it, you're not going to read enough books to get it. It really is going to be about engaging in the presence of God and reading and learning, but submitting yourself over. I mean, that word truth in the Greek means uh, it could be translated as unveiling, like to have the the shade pulled off and you get exposed to more. That's what the right. truth is that we're supposed to be learning. It's not going to be narrowing it down to figure it out. It's going to be keep opening, 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 and there's more, 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 more questions, more of this, more of this. But it only comes through God being with you and you engaging with him and asking him to show you. Right. So, so it'll be fun. Uh, you know, the five years ago, the things that transpired really, I think, leads some of it into this weekend's conversation, which was, hey, we really want to focus on that this isn't a heaven and hell conversation. This is a heaven and earth Mm. conversation as far as the framework goes. And for us to understand that in a healthy way, um, to be able to see everything else that we're going to talk about. And I actually do mean that as we get into, it's going to make more sense and it's going to, you're going to understand the big God story. I'll put it that way. Um, when we're talking in the context of heaven mm-hmm. and the new heaven yeah. and new earth, and when we're talking in the context of judgment, which really is going to be focused on redemption and like renewal, yeah. right? And when we're talking about the concept of hell and what that looks like, and when we're talking about the kingdom, all of that is going to make more sense, and you're going to have a better, I believe, understanding of the entire God story mm-hmm. and really what God's redemptive plan in and all of that is if we have this framework correct yeah and where we can get really thrown off is and and i I, i'll tell you right now i I didn't understand it well because it was never talked about well Mm. 
when it came to heaven and hell or this idea, a lot of it, and we've talked about this before, was fear-based or heaven was like this ethereal way up in the clouds, you know, lay in the grass at night and look up into the stars and wonder how far away heaven was. And like, maybe if God could hear your prayers from heaven, you know, mm. and uh, what that even looked like, not this understanding of heaven is on earth. I mean, even when Jesus prayed, said... Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. As, as, as what? In, on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Yeah. On earth as it is in heaven. Not only does it produce this... And it's this, talking about your kingdom coming here, not, yeah. not can we go. Which was the original, I mean, I don't know completely where you're going, but that was the original intent of creation. I mean, the fact that God was walking among the earth right. as God, not wrapped, not wrapped in flesh as man, Jesus Christ, but God, there was an overlap between heaven and earth in the Garden of Eden. So the fact that they were in community together, where even when you read the scripture of God's glory being shown to men, like what it did to Moses when he got to see just like the backside of God or or when Paul got to see a glimpse of the glory of God and it blinds him for however long, like a couple days, whatever. Yeah. Adam and Eve were walking with God and there was no ramifications. There was no uh, consequences from the view of God's glory in front of them. Yeah, and at that time, I mean, there was no selfishness. Yeah. There was, everything was perfect, Yeah, which is what, what, what we'll see is that yeah. we eventually get back to, which is really... Um, how revelation. So this ends. view of, of, of heaven and hell being what it's about, as opposed to heaven and earth being what it's about. You, you referenced that that, you know, has the effect of your, your evangelism is a fear-based thing that, uh, all that stuff. It also has a, a damage to the way that you view heaven and the presence of God. I remember as a kid, that was kind of the framework that I was handed. It's about heaven and hell, not heaven and earth nobody wants to go to heaven. We don't know what that is. I don't want to go to a place that I can't even in my mind rationalize what this is going to be. I can't fantasize about it because I have no clue. Like I can get excited for Disneyland even though I've never been there because I kind of know what I'm going to be getting into and I know the fun that's there. But a God that I can't picture what he is, a place that, I mean, there's gold roads, but what do I care about that? You know what I mean? These are the images that are giving you. I don't want to go to heaven. I'm going to have more fun on earth. Like, why would I want to die and go to some place that I can't even imagine what it's about? So not only does it have a damage for the way that we live because we're fear-based, we have to get out of this thing. We're avoiding something. We also don't want to go somewhere either. I think it's actually more that. Yeah, I think that it's all wrapped around not as much of like, I want to go to heaven as it is, I don't want to go to hell and mm. whatever that looks like. Yeah. But Which, the other side of it too, like that was my point is I, but I don't, I just really want to get out of hell, but I don't really have a place I want to go either because of what's been presented to heaven. So then you're in this weird Christianity where you're, everybody's acting like they're excited to go to heaven, but they don't really know I don't know, know if is. that's really the, the case. I hmm. I can't say I've met a whole lot of people that are like, I cannot wait to go to heaven. You haven't met a lot of people that uh -uh. are excited to go to heaven? Well, no, that are just literally like, man, if we could just go to heaven now, I would go now. I mean, just like what you're saying, like, you're not like, I cannot wait to go to heaven, but I, I can, I can, I can think of many conversations of like, um, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Like totally. Well, I just mean it wasn't that it, it wasn't that sentence exactly, but along the lines of when you when people you talk to them, you're like, "What is heaven gonna be like?" The fact that you're like, well, uh, uh, well, "It's gonna be great," <laughs> like no one knows. So <laughs> yeah, it's not nobody's like, "Oh man, I 
I don't want to go to heaven. I don't know what it's going to be like. I can't wrap. But the idea of the only I thing that we we to. can understand more about it really is just that it's going to be full of like glory. Totally. Just like what you talked about for the people who did walk with God or had yeah. an encounter, a transformational experience. What we're going to get into, I believe, in this series is the is the aspect of heaven that we all can get behind, that we all are excited about, like the presence of God, the glory of God, walking with God, communion with God. We can all get behind that. What we're going to talk about, I believe, is that that is here. <laughs> like that's the new earth. Eventually, yes. Eventually, yes. So to get excited, when that understanding shifted in me, you know, that was the years ago, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, I can get behind that. Like a perfect existence the way that the garden of eden was mm -hmm. like i can get behind that that's something i can dream about i can be excited about and it's probably going to be way more and different than what i can imagine but even the greatest thing i could imagine that it's going to be i can still get excited about it because i can still dream about it yeah maybe that's just my personality no i'm 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 totally with you so um yeah let's jump into a few few things about this god to be with us i yeah. mean really this is the framework was really just setting up. It's the whole God story. I mean, mm -hmm. from beginning to end, that's kind of what we shared about and the different ways that God was pursuing and rescuing us to bless us. And it's happening on a continual basis. And uh, we actually had a message um, back in October um, that Mike Goldsworthy shared with us about how the best view of Jesus or God is actually through Jesus mm. to, to look and go backwards rather than like God is full of wrath and God does all of these things. And to think that Jesus like lightened up the view of God, like he tamed himself was really that I don't think God ever needed to be tamed. He always was for us. And that's one thing yeah. that we don't quite fully grasp is that he wants to be with us that from the very beginning, that was what was created because he wanted goodness and joy and all of the fruits for us in the beginning. And really what um, we did as a humanity is decided we could probably do better for ourselves, which I think we can all get behind. Like, yep, that sounds about right. Like we care about ourselves more. We think we can do our, do things for ourselves better and which involved sin and evil and um, destruction. And then there's been this continual, you know, storyline of how we continually try to do things for ourselves and are evil and destruct things. I mean, even from the very beginning in Genesis, you see this and how creation um, decided to do its own thing. Do you think, even as you're describing this, the thought that I was thinking, do you, do you think that uh, what we kind of talked about before we started recording was this, um, um, understanding of, of the way that we view heaven escapism as what you said like we're we're living to get out of here do you think that it's easier to believe that because we don't have to face our own uh, participation in the brokenness like the sin that's out there like it's almost like a view of yeah there's a lot of bad stuff here I'm better than it like that's why I want to get out of here Instead of I, well, for a lot of people, it is hell on earth. Well, yeah, but to say I want to get out of here because I like this isn't—I don't know—I don't even know if I can explain it very well. 
maybe I just I was thinking through something you were saying because we've we're all sinners. We're all participating in this and the way that we Yeah, but it was a choice. It was a free choice, right? So then what we do is we get really wrapped up in that um this idea that, you know, once we made the decision to do our own thing and to take care of ourselves, that then God just continued to destruct and destroy and to lord over and to, you know, beat us down. So you see it from, you know, right off the get, you see like the uh, the flood, you see Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Tower know. of Babel. Yeah, the Tower of Babel, well, that was per- per protection. And because again, selfishness says, well, we want to be a God. And so it was, you know, how high can we get? Yeah. And communicating together. So that was a scattering. But that was, again, though, in God's pursuit of goodness and rescuing and blessing, not in this tearing down, you know, beating up. It was, it was, it continually grieves God that we continue to hurt one another. I mean, that's really what that was, is his way of saying, like, this isn't what I created things to be. It's becoming so evil and so horrible. And I think what tradition has taught us is, like, that God was just, like, a mass murderer, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even to Jesus, wiping like, out big civilizations. Yeah. You know, cosmic child abuse with Jesus and the, even, yeah. you know, into the new Testament and stuff. And that, that's just not the case when we understand that really it's because it's functioning, not as it's was, was created to be, yeah. which is why we get all the way then to revelation and even through Jesus, God with us of yeah. constantly pursuing us saying, I want to rescue you. I want to be with you. I'm going to use you to build this. And I want to, you know, take you out of, you know, even then to the Abraham story. I'm going to, this is going to happen. And then on further to, I'm going to take you out of Egypt and I'm going to rescue this. And I'm going to be with you and your life and your seasons and everything that you're doing. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And we still get to make our own decisions, which is free will, which is everyone yeah. wants. Right. But the results that of, of, um, our behavior and, you know, millennials of behavior is um, not because God now just chose, hey, this is what now I'm going to do and you're going to be punished. It was our decision from the beginning. So when we say, like, why would God let this happen? One, that's free will. Two, um, he, he didn't want to let it happen. Yeah. We created it, right? So anyways, you see over this, whole God story that God wants to be with us and he's continually pursuing us to rescue us because he wants to bless us, which is absurd when you think about it. Yeah. That the God of the universe, the creator of all things actually has that type of interest in us to just not stop, Hmm. like to not stop and to continually come after us and, and pursue us and pursue us and pursue us and pursue us. And, um, it's really beautiful when we start to understand that that's who he is and that's what he's all about and that's all he's ever wanted and that we just like we just have to step into that yeah. and allow it to take place um there's a there's a, a really great story i think um mm-hmm. in a book written by John Ortberg that he shares um about uh, a priest who worked in a leper colony in Hawaii and um uh, i think it was a beautiful example about how god just wants to be with us to the point that he wants to be in it with us together. Yeah. Um, and not absent, not apathetic, you know, but involved. Yeah. Completely and wholly involved. You you can, yeah, I'll read it. Uh, it says father Damien was a priest who became famous for his willingness to serve lepers. 
He moved to Kalawau. What's that? A Hawaiian island? Mm, we'll, yeah. we'll learn from our Hawaiian friends later. <laughs> a village on the island of Molokai. 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 Yeah. Molokai. Uh, that had been quarantined to serve as a leper colony. For 16 years, he lived in their midst. He learned to speak their language. He bandaged their wounds, embraced the bodies no one else would touch, preached to hearts that would otherwise have been left alone. He organized schools, bands, and choirs. He built homes so the lepers could have shelter. He built 2,000 coffins by hand so that when they died, they could be buried with dignity. Slowly, it was said... Kalawau became a place to live rather than a place to die, for Father Damien offered hope. Father Damien was not careful about keeping his distance. He did nothing to separate himself from his people. He dipped his fingers in their poi bowl along with the patients. He shared his pipe. He did not always wash his hands after bandaging open sores. He got close. For this, the people loved him. Then one day, he stood up and began his sermon with two words, We lepers. Now he wasn't just helping them. He was one of them. From this day forward, he wasn't just on their island. He was in their skin. First he, had, first he had chosen to live as they lived. Now he would die as they died. Now they were in it together. One day God came to earth and began his message. We lepers. Now he wasn't just helping us. Now he was one of us. Now he was in our skin. Now we were in it together. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful example mm. of just the incarnation and you know, Emmanuel, God with us. Totally completely and um that's something that we really i really truly believe this that i even fail to grasp at times when i should that uh, you know it was part of the next step this last weekend of you know ask god each day um to help me see how you are with me yeah um rather than you know what we often do is like hey god will you be with me today will you show up and then we're not ever looking for it and we miss it and he was with us the entire time and yeah. wants to be with us in all of these seasons in the good, the difficult, the exciting, you know, just the mundane, all of it. Definitely. Right. Yeah. When, uh, when you were teaching this, I was, uh, watching this sermon as you were talking about this, uh, the, this key core truth of God wants to be with us. That's, that's the starting point. When we look through that lens, that that's, it should shift everything. And I was thinking about, there's there's a really great book out there called With mm-hmm. by a guy named Sky Jeth and I. It's, it, it's phenomenal. I remember when I read it last year, I was telling, I think we were going through Rooted at the time, and I was talking to all the Rooted leaders about it. But the understanding of four different ways that we live our life in relationship to God. And there's truth in, in them in the sense of there, there's goodness in this. This is kind of what we're called to do in some ways, but there's also, we miss the mark when we make our relationship with God about that one thing. And I know that in my life, it's there's the four different ways that we do this. I've probably been all four of them at different seasons. Uh, the, the temptation to live life from God, which is a way of interacting with Him where we just want Him to bless us. Mm-hmm. So when He blesses us, it's good. We have this relationship with Him. Uh, there's the way of living life over God, which is where we remove the mystery and we just want them to fit into our frames. Like we can understand everything because we are over God. We're actually creating God in our image in that time, as opposed to the way that we're created in him. And there's the life for God, which this is defined my teens and even like early twenties. I'm living life for God. That's where I find my meaning. It's I'm a pastor so that God's going to love me because look at all that I'm doing for him or I'm going out on the missions field. I do these missions trips. And again, there's 
there's goodness in that. We are living life doing things to build the kingdom, but that's not the defining factor of our relationship. And then there's the fourth one, which is life under God, which is kind of this cause and effect relationship um, where we're just staying in the boundaries. We believe that God's going to bless us. He's going to do good things as long as we obey his rules. But it's really, it's that, that iron fist, that God lording over us. We believe in this heaven and this hell kind of a thing, and we're afraid of him. And we have to make sure that we function in this one way, which again, God is above us. He is outside of our understanding. But really the point this book was making, which is exactly the point you were making this weekend, um, is that God wants to be with us. And we should want to be with him. That's the relationship. We, mm-hmm. It's not about what we get out of it. It's not about what we're giving to it. It's just a, it's a presence. Like I think about my friendships, my marriage. Like it's not about what I'm putting in or getting out of it. It's, it's the presence of that. And all of the rest of that flows from it. Right. But really it's about being together in community. Yeah. I think that's really actually interesting. Just a quick note that you brought up of the, the rules piece. Because you can be like, oh, yeah, but, you know, he was, you know, shaking his finger and rule guy. If you really look at all of that, that was all in place to protect us, to bless us, to rescue yeah. us from ourselves yes. and our own evil doing. If you look just um, historically, and this is one of these brain conversations that people can get to, um, what God taught us about the body and blood and disease and the things that we did not understand until, you know, much more recently, scientifically, the effects that things have genocide happened in just about every other um, people group outside of God's people. They avoided the most of genocide from disease and destruction because they followed hmm. these rules that were actually protective to rescue and to bless. All of those clean rules about what to 100%, eat. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's just history. Go back yeah. and look into history of that. You'll discover all kinds of things about that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's just another example rather than like, oh, no, he doesn't want good for me. He doesn't really want to be with me. He just wants to lord over me and give me rules and be legalistic. And, you know, you can't do this. And, you know, and if I can't do that, then I don't want to do anything. And Mm. what do you accept and what don't you accept? That was the revelation part. All who are thirsty without Mm. cost, he'll give them the life water. Yeah. All who are thirsty. Now, there are some things in that you have to choose to accept it. And you have to choose to accept who he is and what he wants for you and what that's all about. And we'll talk about some of those um, things over the next couple of weeks when we get into judgment and reconciliation. And, you know, we've really messed some things up and those things have to be made made new again. Yeah. And he has to make those things new. And there's only certain ways you can do that. Mm, <laughs> it's definitely. unavoidable. And uh, that's, that's often the, the things that we don't want to participate in. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's all from a warped view. I mean, when you, like what you were just saying, the the mind-blowing fact that God, creator of the universe, pursues, wants to be with us. Right. I mean, that's that's something worth uh, giving your life for. That's That should be something like, that That energizes to say, man, I, I want to know this God. Should. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely should. Uh, it was... Um... It's really interesting if you wanted to uh, dig into this. Um, Jesus defines the eternal life as knowing him, yeah, which is uh, relational, very yeah. relational, which is the with and the togetherness. And mm-hmm. this is the only time that the eternal life is defined in all of the scriptures. Yeah. The only time that God says what eternal life actually is, and mm-hmm. it's Jesus saying it's knowing God. Yeah. It's knowing me. It's yeah. being with me. Yeah. That's what eternal life is all about. It's this togetherness. It's, it's to... It's to know him. It's to be relational with him. It's to be with him. It's eternity isn't just this perpetual future, but a perpetual presence. Mm. 
that can happen now in this yeah. moment, like today. Yeah. With me and you, and that's really heaven on earth. I mean, so you can say in Benicia as it is in heaven, in San Francisco yeah. as it is in heaven. So the presence of God being heaven, the absence of God's presence being hell. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The absence of community, period. So you're, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, every decision you're making is either inviting heaven into your life or inviting hell into your life. Yeah. By choosing uh, the presence of God. In your well, life. I mean, I said that for just a moment. If we can, if you grasp, if you gathered it this last weekend of the fear-based versus hope-based, mm-hmm. of like literally leaving a place and having it just all have to rely on you mm. and being singular and yeah. you got to figure out life on your own and do these things. That's hell. Yeah. That's an absence. Yeah. Right. Rather than just a uh, fear based is not focused on what I'm leaving with or what I have now, but just thinking about purely the, the afterlife or like, you know, making sure that that's taken care of. That's a, an investment in my retirement that I never put any investment into. Yeah. Right. Hmm. It's just out there. And then once I'm I'm having to deal with it, I'll deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Good start. This is, I think, really healthy framework. And uh, even this conversation will start to really take shape and become um, clear as we look through this lens over the next five weeks. And um, this one was kind of fun. It was difficult because we want to kind of just hop in and like, mm-hmm. let's just get to the stuff we want to really talk about. Hell's not real. There, no, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, one thing as a teaser about hell that we'll talk about is just the different viewpoints. And yeah. you know, we get really stuck in just one specific viewpoint. We're not really sure why. Yeah. Um, same thing with heaven. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna try to be well and widely read. Uh, theologically uh-huh. um, uh, when we're sharing some of these things so but that's why we had to be like really careful of this again is so important that we understand yeah. this framework before we jump into the rest of it otherwise uh, there'll be confusion or frustration and not understanding of how this all makes sense so looking through this lens is really important to understand the two counterpoints to it all yeah for sure well we will see you guys this weekend it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah you're here. Remember that next step. Just say a one-line yeah. prayer. God, how? Show me how you're, uh, how you're here, how you're working. Yeah. Show me your presence. Don't be with me. I already know you're with me. Yep. Yeah. I want to see it. Love you, friends. See you next week.